Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There are also part of me that was like, man, I'm glad I don't have to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, definitely. Just, that's just the human element of it. Uh, just seeing the results, you definitely like, Phew. if there was any year to miss, I missed the great one. <laughs> so. Jaguars running back Travis Etienne, he got that right. Out for the year with a torn ACL. He missed the right year because it was the Urban Meyer debacle <laughs> Etienne. Healthy, the grinding year, second season. Okay, uh, that <laughs> that will be fine. Uh, so uh, the, and let uh, we, we play that because we're going to start with the Jaguars. And what we're going to do is we're going to try to figure out where the bar is that separates failure from success for a handful of teams that we think we don't really know where the bar is. And when I look at the AFC, I see thirteen contenders, and I see three teams that really aren't contenders: in the Jaguars, the Texans. And the Jets. So let's start with the Jaguars. Yeah. And and before we try to gauge what the expectation should be, let's hear from another guy who came from Clemson via round one last year, who didn't get to avoid the debacle with a torn ACL, who played the full season. Trevor Lawrence talking about the guy who replaces Urban Meyer, new coach Doug Peterson. Here's Trevor Lawrence from yesterday. I really like his demeanor. He's really, really calm. I mean, similar, honestly, to to Coach Bevel as far as demeanor. Really calm, never gets too high or too low. Um, so I really like that. That's the type of guy I like to be around. And then as far as just offensively, bring some different things to the table. Obviously, we haven't been together for long. It only really started on, on Monday, so can't say too much right now. But really like the way he thinks about things and just how he, the offense is so complimentary. Um, and just how he schemes things up. I think it's, he does a really good job of finding the weak points of defenses and exposing them, and I just think he's really smart. And being able to talk to him, I think we align pretty well, and we're, we're on the same page. Yeah, it's been pretty good so far. Hasn't abandoned the team for multiple days yet. Hasn't had any embarrassing videos surface yet. Hasn't kicked any kickers yet, allegedly. <laughs> pretty good so far. And really, the bar is low in Jacksonville, thanks to Urban Meyer. He pushed the bar down and jumped on it. So what does it take for Doug Peterson, who's got a Super Bowl win on his resume? 
What does it take for the Jaguars to be regarded as successful? What's the minimum they have to do for people to say, okay, this team may be on the right track? I mean, I don't think the expectations are real high. I like what they did in free agency. We know they got a young football team still, but some young, talented dudes. I almost look at it like, you know, you get to six wins. I feel like I look at it and go, that that's you had a good year. Things are going in the right direction. Uh, you get to seven and go seven and ten, I'd go, oh, wow, that's a little surprising. But I think six is where I kind of look at the bar of going, all right, things are in the right direction. We got young guys. Peterson's instilled a new culture there a little bit. He knows, of course, what it takes to win as a player and a coach. He knows what it takes there. He understands how to massage the relationship with a rookie quarterback who's the franchise guy. He's seen that as a player and as a coach as well. Whether he was in Green Bay backing up Brett Favre, we saw that how that was handled. And, of course, he had to handle Carson Wentz as a rookie and did a really damn good job early in his career. So, I don't know, Mike. That six is what I look at. What do you think, man? Well, we got the regular season win totals at points bet. And I'm looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars right now as I click on the link. The over-under is six and a half. Mm. That seems a little high, doesn't it? They're playing the teams of the AFC West. Okay, that's Raiders, tough. Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. Yep. They're playing the teams of the... NFC East. NFC East. Well, a little yeah. easier than the AFC West. Right. They've got the Colts twice. They've got the Texans twice. And, and the, the Texans handled them last year. And they've got the Titans twice. So... I think it's a little much to expect an over of six and a half. I agree with you. If they get to six wins, that's a pretty damn good year. Because remember, there's 17 games now. Six and 11, that's that's a sign that they are moving in the right direction. And if they somehow are in potential playoff contention in the final few weeks of the season, that that's that's cause for celebration in Jacksonville. So, yeah, I think six wins. If they get there, then they made the right hire with Peterson. They've got the right quarterback with Trevor Lawrence and they've exercised the demons of Urban Meyer and they've moved forward with something that could they could build on in 2023. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I think you add that with oh wait, Travis ATN's going to be back. Give us some more juice there. You get a guy like Brandon Scherf who's an all-pro guard, you know, Evan Ingram who has potential of a superstar tight end, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, you know, Foyer, Aluakon, they they did a really good job to change the look and the feel of their team, too, to kind of get the bad taste of Urban Meyer out of there, to, to where you're not going to have that many guys in the locker room who are going to be, like, you know, you know, too ingrained in the Urban Meyer way or thought process, and I think that's a positive. A team that the Jaguars have something in common with, uh, they haven't been very good in the past several years. In fact, the Jaguars have been better since 2016, at least as it relates to getting to the playoffs and almost getting to the Super Bowl than the Denver Broncos, who haven't whiffed the postseason since winning Super Bowl 50. Here's Cortland Sutton, Broncos receiver, on the team's new quarterback, Russell Wilson. I, I think that you all can feel it. I mean, we all can feel it. The juice is just, it's, it's, it's different. You know, I wasn't around when Peyton came, w was here, but um, from what I'm hearing, the, everyone that's, that was here when Peyton was here is, you know, the, the, the juice and the energy is pretty similar. You know, knowing that we have a, a guy that's, that has, has, has been at the top of that mountain before, has won the Super Bowl before, does know what it's like to be, you know, at the, at the highest level, you know, for his position and to, and to you know, lead a team to a Super Bowl and, you know, I think everyone in the in the building understands the 
the expectation, the the standards are being been risen to, you know, everyone's best. This is an example of the quality that separates quarterbacks from leaders, from the guys who walk in the door and everything changes. The guy whose mere presence inspires everyone in the facility who has anything to do with the football operation in any way, shape, or form, or any shape, way, or form, as the case may be, to, to do their jobs better. It's an inspiration. It's a leader. It's a presence. It's an intangible. It's why I won't completely dismiss the impact of quarterbacks on winning. Because if you have a quarterback like that, right. who, who just gets everyone yep. a little more focused, a little more driven, a little more hungry, and a little more eager to please that guy. You want to get the approval of that guy. That's a guy that I want to say to me, good job. That it's going to feel damn good when he comes to me and he says, you did a good job today. That's what Russell Wilson brings. Peyton Manning had it. Tom Brady has it. Aaron Rodgers, to a certain extent, has it. There aren't many that have it. And Russell Wilson has it. And that's the difference he brings, walking through the door. And that's that's the thread back to Peyton Manning. Yeah, agreed. You know, I think you could probably put Patrick Mahomes in that category, right? Yeah. You know, I would probably even put Josh Allen there, even though he hasn't made the, to the mountaintop well, your yet. Accomplishments, but, but your accomplishments yes, get you there. I get you. I, I know what you're saying. But, I, I, Mike, I'm, I'm, you're spot on. It is real. There, there is some influence in winning and bottom line there for sure. You know, a great leader, a great player walking into a locker room, either way, gets people in the locker room excited. When it's a quarterback, it's a double whammy. It's, it's like it's a, there's a, even more to it. Yeah, you know, not only a great leader, but wait, this is the guy that's got the ball in his hands the most, and damn, he's got ice in his veins, and he's as clutch as they, can, they come. Man, oh wait, who are we playing this week? It doesn't matter. We got Russell Wilson as our quarterback. We think we can win. That's what he does to an organization. You know, let alone keeps your team fighting and, and playing hard when they're not playing good and maybe losing in a regular season game because they're just going, we just keep within 10 points with Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter, we'll have a chance. That is real. It's tangible, in my opinion. I'm with you all the way. And let alone it filters over to the practice field like Cortland Sutton saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know you got to be on your P's and Q's with Russell Wilson at quarterback. He, he's, he's just not going to – he's going to – has a standard. He's not going to expect anything less. He's, you know, going to tattletale on you or be disappointed on you if you're not doing the right thing. That's the way it is with a good quarterback. Sorry. Get the hell out of here. Get the next guy in here who does it right. And that goes a long way. So, you know, Denver got a lot of talent on the team, certainly some good juice with Russell Wilson. Where's the bar for you, Mike? I mean, playoffs for sure. I think that's what I say for their bar. I go playoffs. AFC South and NFC West are the divisions that they play every team from in addition to their six games against the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers. I think for it to be successful, for what they've done to work, I think they have to get to the playoffs, and right. it's not going to be easy. Yeah, They could be a better team than they were last year and right. still not make it. Mm-hmm. You've got some great teams, and injuries, I think, are going to be the big factor here. And you know, I, I, Every year as the season approaches, I think, well, we spent all this time talking about all the things we talk about in the offseason. And the one thing that you really can't talk about intelligently is injuries because you never know who they're going to happen to, but they will change everything. And if they can stay healthy, and if Russell Wilson can stay healthy because he had that fluke last year 
when his hand hit Aaron Donald's helmet, and he'll face Aaron Donald. Maybe maybe that'll be the first game of the season. Peter King was suggesting Broncos at Rams to open the season on that Thursday night. That would be something. But uh, if if Wilson can stay healthy and the key contributors can stay healthy, I think the expectation is, even with a second-year GM and a first-year head coach, that this team needs to get to the playoffs to justify the move they made to get Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, if they were 10-7 and 7 or 11-6 and 6 and didn't make it, you know, you'd go, okay, great, you know, but it still didn't make the playoffs, but everything's going the way you want it to. But, yeah, I think playoffs as a bottom line is, is pretty real there. And, man, Cortland Sutton, you know, another year of fully being back healthy. Wilson's weapons, the defense. I mean, the Broncos, they're one of those teams to watch out for. That's for sure. The Miami Dolphins are a team to watch out for, although we're not quite sure what to make of where they should be, in part because we're not quite sure what Tua Tonga-Vailoa is going to be in the Mike McDaniel offense. Here's Tua regarding the new coaching staff uh, and how he feels moving forward, given the changes that the Dolphins have made. To be able to have our OC, my quarterback's coach, our head coach uh, here in support of this. To me, I, you know, I, I've never, never witnessed that. So we have all three of those guys here. Um, and to have my teammates here, I mean, we hang out at my house all the time. So I'll probably see them at the after party. <laughs> I botched the throw, as I often do. It was about the support he was feeling from having coaches present for a charity event. It's little things like that that show whether or not a team is all in with Tua. And they're clearly all in with Tua. For better or for worse, this year is all about getting the most out of Tua and or eliminating any excuses and whittling it down to can he get it done? We have a coach who's going to try to get the most out of him. We have a supporting cast around him that's going to elevate him. Can he step up to this moment? So, Chris, for the Dolphins in the AFC East playing the teams of the AFC North and the NFC North this season, what's the bar for you for the Miami Dolphins? It's interesting because, you know, you see points bet with their win totals eight and a half, which I think is a little, like, surprising to see a little because you just go, away. they won more than that the last two years. And they added Tyreek Hill and some other people to their football team where you go, well, their roster I think is better. So obviously, I guess the the coaching hire or whatever maybe leads to a little trepidation there. I don't know. It's hard. They're a hard one to figure out. There is where's that bar? Definitely that division. We know the Patriots and Bills. They're real. I expect them both to be playoff teams again this year. The Jets are gonna be better. So maybe that's why the lower number. But I bar. I, I mean I. I guess I, I almost want to say the bar is kind of where they were the last two years. Fringe playoffs, you know, maybe get in, you know, maybe don't. I think the, but anything in that range, nine, ten wins, and if they do or don't get in the playoffs, I still think is good and things are going in the right direction. What do they need to do? Specifically, what does Tua need to do to kill the possibility of Tom Brady doing in 2023 what he almost did in 2022. And next year, there's no barrier to Tom Brady becoming a member of the Miami Dolphins because his contract will be up barring an extension. No tag clause in his deal. He's a free agent after this year. 
and we know. And it's and people are starting to realize, hey, this is a pretty big story that the Dolphins were going to make a play for Tom Brady, and they were going to make him a minority owner, and then he was going to unretire. It's starting to hit people to in Sean the face, Pace. right? People are starting to realize. Yeah. People are starting to realize, and, and I still think ESPN is going to report it on the first Sunday of the regular season and act like it had never been discussed Breaking before. news. <laughs> yes. But uh, what does Tua have to do to, to end that? He's got to win football games, stay healthy, you know, win some big football games. That's yet to happen. But I think more importantly, like show the ability to make plays outside the realm of the scheme itself. You know, not that it has to be Mahomes or Josh Allen and he spun out of here and threw a sidearm ball 40 yards across the other side of the field. Not that, but you know, fitting balls into tight windows. Oh man, there's there's nobody really open. The pocket's collapsing. Ooh, there's a you know a little sliver of a spot to put the ball. Oh, we put it there. Great. You know, getting out of harm's way every now and then and making a play. It's got to be more of that. You know, that's why you heard players and teams make fun of Tua last year because there was never any of that. It was oh, all this trickeration to throw the ball right here and let everybody else do the work and. That's where, you know, they just you got to see a guy that can make some plays and do some things on his own, not always be massaged by the offense. Big throw in a big spot in a big game. That's right. That's what it comes down That's to. That's right. He's got to so. do that. Yeah. And, and if he doesn't, they may very well be interested in a guy who can. We know that Stephen Ross wants Tom Brady part of the organization. And Mike McDaniel and Bruce comes Beal. to that San Francisco coaching staff that – that, you know, at least evaluate. Wouldn't that, I mean, from McDaniel's standpoint, hey, Kyle didn't want this guy in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, right. is, this is my chance to show what we could have done with Tom Brady in this offense. So it's going to continue. And I feel bad for Tua. He had Deshaun Watson hovering over him most of last year. He's going to have Tom Brady hovering over, him, hovering, hovering over him much of this year if more and more people start paying attention to what we've been talking about for over a month now. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll explore the draft needs for the teams of the AFC North. We'll do that next on this Wednesday edition of BFT Live. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I love it. Joe Burrow throwing out the first pitch at the Reds' home opener. And Zach Taylor makes the catch. You know, Burrow really didn't put anything no, on No, I'm a little disappointed there. I'm a little disappointed. I wanted to see the windup. That I would have been too. a chance for him. You know, when you're, when you're having a catch with someone, every once in a while, you, you, you want one that they, that they feel. You know, when it, when it comes in hot and you got to put the glove up and it hits you in the spot where the webbing isn't and you and you just you know you got a chance to give coach a stinger like that i i wish i wish burrow would have cranked a little bit harder uh, agreed uh, no doubt about it I, I mean you just want to you know he threw it kind of like a football and kept that in motion i'd want to i want to see the arm you know go down like a baseball pitcher high leg kick and i wanted to see him bring the heat to zach taylor i want to see zach taylor have to work a little too that was too comfortable, way too comfortable. It, it is amazing, though, to see how effortless 
he can throw a ball that, you know, we've seen many opening pitches go badly for somebody who can't just make that very casual, simple throw. For him, it's no, nothing. It's it just nothing. nothing. He, no, yeah. he really he really could have put a welt on Zach Taylor's left hand if he wanted to do it. Definitely. Uh, Mike, right. one of the, by the way, I was going to say go, one of, I want, Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was go just going to say, one of the things that I definitely learned in the pregame of the Super Bowl this year was, I mean, I knew Joe Burrow had a good arm. I knew that. But it was better in person than I thought. It really was. He's got a he's a bigger guy than we think in person, and he can do it with just ease. And and, and that was it. It popped to me when I saw it in person. I was a little surprised by it. If you saw T. Higgins, he he has had surgery to repair a torn labrum in his shoulder. He'll be fine for training camp. If you're a Bengals fan and you're curious about the sling that uh, that Higgins had on his arm. All right, AFC North team needs for the draft. Let's start with the Bengals. They have the 31st overall pick, drafting very low for a chains, and they have to be happy about that. Uh, They have gone offense with each of their last five first-round picks. They have eight total picks. They can't leave this draft without addressing what, Chris? I I don't think it's anything on the offensive side of the ball. They added three starters to their offensive line in free agency. So I go, okay, that's good. You know, they, they lost, uh, you know, C.J. Uzoma right to the Jets, but they got Hayden Hurst, who's got some talent and potential. There's a reason he was a first-round pick. So I do think it's defense, and I look at it, and I think it's really – I, I want to say another pass rusher, really. That, that Again, we know Trey Hendricks is the man. Hubbard is very good on the other end. But you look at their roster in totality, I don't see any one area to go, oh, they're desperate – Maybe if there was a big time stand up linebacker, you know, maybe you make that move. But I mean, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, they're good players. They are. But I guess if I was looking at it, I'd probably go, man, if there was a difference making pass rush DN there at the end of the first round or even the second round when they have picks there, that's that's the one I think I look at more than anything, Mike. I still think the imperative of protecting Joe Burrow now and in the future requires them Another asset to continue or two. to yeah. address the offensive line. And a lot of it, look, defensive line or offensive line. Yeah. Let's see who slips through the cracks sure. on the first 30 picks. Let's see who's still there. But I think either line of scrimmage is where they need to focus. I don't but I would err on your the side of another either. body yeah. to protect Joe Burrow now and in the future whether it's because you need homegrown guys, you need free agents, you need a mixture, but your priority at this point, you got the receivers, you've got Joe Mixon, your defense is good enough, the offensive line is the clear liability where I wouldn't have any problem with them using all their draft picks on offensive linemen this year. I I don't think you're – I mean, I would expect them to draft somebody in the mid-rounds for sure. I don't know if I think it will happen in the first round or the second round just because of so many, like we talked about, the assets and free agency, but – I'm with you there. That it can't be neglected just because you got three guys in a free agency. No, no question that they need to improve that depth there. You know, they have another young guy and that they drafted in the second round out of Clemson last year in Jackson Carmen. So they do got that going. But 
You know, it's I don't think your thoughts wrong there. Uh, you look at their roster and you go, damn, it's pretty good. Maybe corner two, maybe. You know, a lot of people on the Eli Apple. I want to go, everybody relax with Eli Apple. He had a good year. He played well. You put anybody on an island against Cooper Cup at the end of the game with no help, it was going to be a rough day. And Eli Apple, unfortunately, drew the, the short straw there. We could have put anybody in football on him over there. It would have been rough at the end of that Super Bowl. So everybody has to back off Eli Apple a little bit. And remember that little cheat to the inside. That's not something he thought of on his own. He was coached to cheat to the inside based on film study. And that was where they ran the okey-doke and Cup did the fade instead of the cross and and set him up with, with past tendencies of the Rams. Let's focus on the Steelers now. 20th overall pick. They also had the 20th pick in 2019. They traded up 10 spots to get linebacker Devin Bush. We know they will trade up for guys they like. They can't leave this draft without addressing what, Chris? I think a defensive tackle, Mike. I think that's where I specifically go for, for hey, it's the Steelers. They always got a beast in the middle of their defense. I know they got Cam Hayward there right now. But we're getting to the end here. Cam Hayward, I know he's still playing good. It's amazing. He's a freak of nature. But we're in, what, year 11? Maybe 12? Uh, it's somewhere in that category. I need to 12. look. 12. He was a 2011 first round. So you got to start thinking for the future. Stefan Tuitt, who's there, who's a good player, but hurt all the time. So that, to me, is the one area I look. I know they got some offensive line issues, too. Um, uh, but they got Miles Jacket, linebacker. I, I guess that's where I look. I think it's time Pittsburgh starts thinking about uh, difference-making defensive tackle for the next wave of the Blitzburg defense. I'll say quarterback if they love one of these guys. If yeah. they love one of these guys, go get him. There's been some chatter about Malik Willis being mm-hmm. the guy that they like the most of the available quarterbacks. Go get him. Do like you did with Troy Polamalu. Trade up and get him. Santonio Holmes, the Super Bowl MVP. Trade up and get him. If there's a guy you like, keep your cards close to the vest. But when the time comes, make the move and go get Malik Willis. If, if you think you can, if you really like him because they can't afford to start into this post-Ben Roethlisberger period with quarterbacks who aren't franchise caliber. And if Malik Willis doesn't work out, you can, you can try to find another one in a few years. The world has changed dramatically. That's right. Financial standpoint is okay. what you pay a quarterback on a rookie contract. Even if they trade into the top 10 to get him, it's not going to be a huge financial burden. Um, Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll continue with the AFC North draft needs. The Browns and the team that used to be the Browns, the Ravens, when PFG Live continues right after. The this. Browns are the Browns. The Browns were the Browns. Brown. All right, we got the Browns and we got the Ravens still to go in the AFC North draft needs. Let's start with the Browns. Disappointing year last year. They have added Deshaun Watson. That's basically their 2022 draft, but they still have seven picks, two in round three, two in round seven. 13th overall pick was part of the Deshaun Watson package. They can't emerge from this year's draft without addressing what, Chris? Uh, there, there's, they have, to me, two glaring needs for sure. And I'm going to kind of unpack. I mean, wide receivers definitely one that they need another guy. I mean, you're going to give Deshaun Watson all that money and make him the guy. It can't just be Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. There's got to be somebody else there added to the group, at least in my opinion. The other one is you should get you get the defensive line, Mike. I mean, I almost defensive tackle probably more specifically. They only have three on the roster right now. You could justify anybody, though. Defense to end, too. I mean, again, Jadeveon Clowney's not there. Malik Jackson's gone. Um, Malik McDowell, he's a free agent. I don't think they re-signed him. I could be wrong. 
But all uh, all of those, I, I just I look at that and I think you know those are the two positions that hit me the hardest. I guess I would say the wide receiver position is the one I look at to be the most glaring that they can't leave the draft with. But but either one of those are are a big need for for me. Yeah, you don't want to have Quincy Avery, the personal quarterbacks coach of Deshaun Watson, repeating his comment about it's a bunch of guys catching passes who otherwise would be working at Walmart. You need to beef up the receiving core. You've made the investment in Deshaun Watson. It's a fundamental shift in their offense. You know, they've got Kareem Hunt. They've got Nick Chubb at running back. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot more to justify the investment to Sean Watson, they need pass catchers and, and there should be plenty out there for them to get when it's time for them to make their pick. So I agree with you on that. Let's pivot to the Baltimore Ravens. They have the 14th overall pick. They haven't picked before number 25 since 2017 when they got Marlon Humphrey at number 16, 10 total picks, two in round three, five in round four. What, uh, what do you think their, their key need is for the draft? Yeah. They're, you know, I, I don't mean to like sound like I'm repeating myself here, but I I feel like it's time for them to go defensive line, defensive tackle specifically. Calais Campbell, with the age he's at, I feel like this is one of the first times really, as we're getting, you know, through the, all these eras of Baltimore Ravens football, where they don't necessarily have that marquee interior defense alignment. Or a, a whole plethora of them to where you just go, oh my gosh, they're so big, they're unbelievable that way. So I guess that's where I look at uh, more than anything. I know offensive line, they could probably use a player or two there. But to me, a big-time defensive tackle, interior defensive line of Calais Campbell, you know, those kind of guys, that type of guy is, is needed there in Baltimore. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, Campbell is back. I know, he but he's up there. He doesn't right. have a lot left. Right. Offensive line is an area. There's still question marks about Ronnie Stanley's health. And, uh, you know, the, the, the draft is a critical tool for the Ravens. Eric DaCosta, the GM of the team, made that clear last week. That continues to be their primary focal point for finding players who become the future of the team. And, and this is a team that I think on both lines, offensive and defensive, they, they need to get better. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Aaron Rodgers at a charity flag football event in Orange County, California, throws the interception. The kid hands him the ball. Hey, kid, I love you. Look at this. This is here you go, Mr. Rogers. And he throws it at him and he misses. Now I think he intended to miss him. I think but so too. My son pointed out last night. It, it looked a lot like the old United Way commercial from when Peyton Manning hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah, right. Throwing the balls at the kids. Oh, kid, oh. Get your head out of your ass. You suck. Let's go, let's go. Get back in there. I think that really that's hurt great. that kid there. I think that kid that's was legitimately great. like, ow, that that's, hurts. That's, that's what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do. And I really would love to know, did he mean to hit the kid or did he mean to just miss him? That's what I'd love to know. I know. I think, I think he pulled the trigger and, and deliberately just missed him at the last second. I think he thought about like putting it on his back or his butt, and then he realized, like, wait, 
I have a strong arm and this NFL ball is heavy and that guy's not that big. Let me not do that to him. <laughs> that was like the old West when they tell him to dance, right? The kid had no <laughs> right. idea right. that he should have danced. It just whizzed right by his feet. All right. Uh, Peyton Manning did not have a very good supporting cast in that United Way commercial. Our draft today, the best supporting casts for quarterbacks currently in the NFL post free agency pre-draft. Chris, oh, you've got a question, a trivia question for Ooh. me to determine the first pick. Okay. Uh-oh. Drum roll, please. What team led the NFL in total yards last season, Mike? Total offense last year. I mean, the Chiefs would be the most obvious pick, so it's not them. I'll say... I'll say the Bengals. Nope. It would be the Cowboys. Wow, the Cowboys. They also led the NFL in total points. Should have thought of that. They were scoring a lot of points last year. They were giving up a lot of points, too, even though their defense was supposedly better. It was better in comparison to the year before. All right, you get the first pick. Gosh, I don't know where to go here. You know, supporting cast, too. I mean, I I know originally you want to just think of, like, the wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs. Let's just go there. You know, and then you don't, you know, take in the offensive line. Um, You know what, though? Screw it. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I am. I, I, I'm going to go with them right now. I mean, first off, Jamar Chase is arguably the best receiver in football, period. I don't really care what anybody says, rookie, whatever. He's amazing. So him, T. Higgins, Boyd, you know, Hayden Hurst, the tight end. Oh, wait, Joe Mixon, arguably a top five running back in football. And then they added the O-line. That It's going to be better. I know that. I don't know how good. We'll see. But better for sure. I'll go with them. It's a pretty damn good supporting cast. That was the first one on my list, without question. Okay, good. It was. I was. All right. All right. Need some help. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with the Dolphins based upon where they currently are. You add Tyree Kill. Are you kidding me? You got Jalen Waddle, who was phenomenal last year. You add Teron Armstead to make the offensive line better. Raheem Mostert is now on the team at the running back position. So, and Chase Edmonds also came over from Arizona. This is no excuses for Tua. This is great supporting cast for Tua. Uh, one of the best, quietly supporting cast in the NFL. It, it really is. I mean, they've, they've improved the offensive line and you got, you know, yeah. I mean, you just, it's, it's damn, damn good. You go, holy crap, Ola Batman. All right. Now is where it gets interesting here. You know, I'm going to go with the 49ers. I, I was just, I was just adding them to my list. Okay. Yeah, I, I am. You know, it, it might not be as many guys as what we talked about with the Bengals or the Dolphins, but one, their offensive line is better. That's a real thing. It's one of the best offensive lines in football, arguably the best left tackle in football. You know, damn good right tackle. They, they got it all. And then, you know, Kittle, maybe best tight end in football. Debo Samuel, Hammer Jamar Chase, best receivers in the game. Brandon Ayuk, not freaking bad. And then we know, I think you couple that with, you know, Jeff Wilson and the plethora of Elijah Mitchell at running back, all of that. I'll go with the 49ers in my second pick. And you throw in the coaching staff, too. That's what I mean. So Shanahan, Shanahan does draws it. it all up. Right. That, that's part of the supporting cast. Yeah. I will go next with the Denver Broncos with all of the weapons that are currently around a guy like Russell Wilson. Yeah. When you have Javante Williams, who was great last year as a rookie running back, they didn't have to give up any of their receivers. Yeah, they had to give up Noah Fant, but they hadn't, didn't have to give up any of the great receivers they have, led by Jerry Judy when they did the Russell Wilson trade. So, uh, you know, we, we, we had said last year this team is pretty good, but for the quarterback position, now they've got a high-end quarterback and they have the supporting cast around him. I think one of the reasons why he was attracted to that team, they've got a great supporting cast for a quarterback. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, 100%. All line going in the right direction. 
big time, big time players at the wide receiver position, and then of course a young running back you know, who's who's a a powerful bowling ball type of guy there. So uh, I'm with you there. They were on my list as well. This is where it gets interesting. This is where man, you got the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Bucks. Woo, man, the Rams are in this conversation. You know, I think all in all. I think I'm gonna go with the Bucks, though. Here I am. Now, I wanna. I'm, I guess what I, I'm. I'm vague. I'm trying to include Gronk in that conversation because I just feel like it's inevitable. And but so I, I'm including him a little bit. But again, it's an overpowering offensive line. It's pretty good running backs. You got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who I know is not going to be good to go till halfway through the year. But I think you couple that with Gronk at, at tight end, then I go, damn, that's still. It's a lot of firepower for, for a football team. There's a lot of good supporting casts out there. I'm settling on the Raiders. I think the Raiders. I think you're one. right. I'm with you. You know, and and I've got two of the teams that traded for high end receivers. So how could you not consider those teams seriously? Waller yeah, and Adams. Adams and Darren Waller. Right. Devontae right. Adams and Darren Waller. Yeah. And then Hunter Renfro, wide ass open, as Bruce Arians would yeah. say, underneath because they're focused on Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. And you got Josh Jacobs. The offensive line is uh, you know it's not, solid. Not, yeah. Not, not spectacular, but not a liability like right. it is in Cincinnati, or at right. least like it was. Exactly. So, yeah, this is a team. You throw in Josh McDaniels. Uh, this is a team that, uh, you know. They got Demarcus Robinson West, in free agency. We're, we're, we're t- you know, we're talking about the Broncos bar for them is to make the playoffs. I think, I think any of these teams should just be happy to not finish last in the division. <laughs> My God, what a meat grinder it's going to be. I All know. right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFC Live right after this. Now, I mean, he's not here for, for this part of the phase of offseason training, but you guys still stay in touch with Brady? I don't have Tom's number. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> wow, one awesome. of the guys responsible for protecting Tom Brady doesn't have his number. Now he does. Tristan Wirfs does indeed have Tommy's number. Thank you, Tommy, for for coming down from on high to give Tristan Wirfs your number. And and plug, who needs to plug? Tom, plug in your phone, baby. What in the world? He's down in the red. Doesn't he flip it over to low battery mode when it gets into the red? I always do that. Tommy's running on fumes there with his burner phone or his yeah. main phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. All right. Rookies, uh, rookies, th- young players. Yeah, they're not going to get the number from the star veteran guy right away i thought he reaches out to everybody i thought he texts everybody lfg isn't that is that false are they lying to us doesn't he doesn't he text everyone like the week of the super bowl wasn't that part of the that's a good point that we you're right sold? i even think he would have night, his number the, there yeah. yeah oh bob oh tom he's texting everybody the night before the game and every week all bull crap Oh, crap. All right. Uh, um, you sound like me. Did you go to Chris Sims Haterville school of Tom Brady? No, there? but but but, <laughs> but no, I know it gets blown media. out of proportion all the, the time. And stuff. Like to craft these hero stories. I know. And if Tristan Wirfs doesn't have his crazy. number, he wasn't getting the text messages the week of the Super Bowl. <laughs> he had to get his motivation elsewhere. By the way, speaking of fake stories, here's Bob Barker. Before oh, look at that. That's amazing. There it is. There Damn, it is. Yeah. Pre-die that on the left is not good. It's like brownish red. I mean, that's like, that's way too young. That's like you're like 19 years old and it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
now it's completely white. There was still some darkness in there after he did it, but I remember that vividly. That's it for today. See you tomorrow. The price is wrong, Florio. See ya. (laughs) Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.